Oh, hi, podcast listeners. There's many ways you can listen to The Real Nerds Podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes. You can also subscribe on Stitcher Radio. You want to send us a Twitter message? You can do that. It's so easy, at Real Nerds. Like us on Facebook, Real Nerds Podcast. You can visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com, where there will be a lot of articles for you to not only read, but to listen to our previous shows. Do you like your stories told through pictures? Then you can also follow us at Real Nerds on Instagram. You can also call us, 720-6Nerds5. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Camera, action! Well, a real nerd knows who shot, and a real nerd can follow the plot, and a real nerd can... Don't talk film! I'm sorry. Take it outside. This is Real Nerds Podcast, unofficially the official podcast of all your movie needs and Denver Fan Expo 2023. I am Ryan, joined via Zoom with Brad. Yep. And Zach. Hello. Every week on Real Nerds, we see a new movie and we podcast our experience to the world. This week, we saw the surprise sequel to X Pearl. Stay tuned where we will recommend the film or not, play the trailer and discuss the film. We also talk about the big movie news of the week and something we want to talk about or recommend. It could be anything. They could be the best gobstopper you've had, which by the way is green and watermelon. If people what, are keeping track at home, if it's everlasting, though, wouldn't it? Wouldn't the best gobstopper be the one that you've been sucking since the moment you first had it years ago? <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, when's the last time you've had a gobstopper? Oh, well, at least ten years. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's been forever for me too. But remember, if you eat them too long, your mouth gets that like rawness to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, these are real problems that we have. Yeah. Um. That's how the sugar gets hooked into your veins, and that's how they get you addicted, man. (laughs) The other day, uh, so my wife, my wife, number one. My wife. She is in clinicals right now, and she has to be at them at five in the morning. So a lot of times, these last couple weeks, uh, she and Kellen will stay at my mother-in-law's house um, because it's down there, and she's out and about and then it's easier if she stays there and wakes up and you know we have a babysitter and so i'm at home eating by myself and th- this is a roundabout way of how you'll choke on a gobstopper and uh so you know like if you get off well get off work late and you go to king supers or safeway and they have the rotisserie chicken like quarters all like cut up and stuff and it's you know like four dollars because they're just trying to get rid of it so I went there and I was eating a a wing and I like pulled it with through my mouth and I almost like sucked down the really long chicken wing bone. So I almost died from eating chicken and no one would have known for two days because I'd have been in my house dead and rotting until my wife came home. So 
be careful eating chicken is a lesson in everlasting gobstoppers. He would have died like Homer Simpson style. <laughs> totally. It's <laughs> like something he would do. <laughs> but he has the advantage of being a cartoon, so he can be written yeah, back exactly. to life. Whereas you just yeah. be like, wow. Yeah, Ryan's life gross. amounts to him just choking on a chicken bone. Yep. Gross. Wish I could say he- I didn't expect that. <laughs> uh yeah i was thinking i'm doing this spooky season 2022 i don't know if you guys are gonna join me but um... i'm giving you a head start since you're so bad at it i was pretty (laughs) sure i'm pretty sure october is the spooky month ryan so i think you're cheating uh they're starting to show horror movies at the alamo as part of you know alamo so i was gonna do it but i was thinking of watching every as as soon as the candy hits the stores that's the season I, that's that's a good thing to that's a good barometer okay so we're um, just gonna throw rules out the door <laughs> yeah same goes for easter guys same goes for easter what's easter movies i don't know hey, if christmas um, is gonna start in october halloween can start in <laughs> august that's thank you thank you <laughs> so so wait so halloween actually ends in the middle of october now according to this logic because then they start taking down those decorations and replacing them with the christmas ones so, sorry we're yeah, going I might um, do every uh, Treehouse of Horror. Wow. Um, I mean, I think there's, what, 30 of them? 34 now? Is there 34 of them? Yeah. Because what they start, season three or season two? I can't remember off the top of my head. I think they started season two. Oh, wow. Yeah, so there's a lot of them. But, hey, they're 22 minutes each, and they're all pretty fun. So we'll see. We'll see if I have time. (laughs) I don't have time for anything. So we'll see. This week. We saw Pearl. Zach, did you see Pearl or did you not have time? I didn't have time, but I did rewatch X, so I'm actually primed for it this week. So I'm excited to hear what you guys think about it in advance. Brad, do you recommend Pearl? You know, I would say I I enjoyed it better than X. Um, It's just a tour de force uh, performance from Mia Goth. Uh, You know, uh, I wouldn't say the story is that interesting. Um, It's really just her being like country bumpkin adorable slash just horrible psych psychopathic um for what like an hour and a half uh you know the trailer explains everything so it's really just watching her perform this character uh going through this uh i, I don't know what to call it like just a psychotic episode i guess yeah, I, I freaking adored this movie um, because you're right where uh, I actually really liked X as well, too. But um, I mean, my wife did not like X, so she did not want to see Pearl. Um, but I, I did. I loved this movie. Um, yeah, Mia Goth is incredible in it. Here is the trailer for Pearl. during these times is admirable. But you only get one take at this life. If only they would just die. Pardon? Nothing. Zeta! 
pretty special. Dancing up on the screen like the pretty girls in the pictures. I will not let you leave this farm again. Rumor has it they only take one gal per town. We're looking for someone with X Factor. Has to be me. How about a film nobody else has seen? Is it legal? Will be eventually. I know what I've done. Bad things. Terrible, awful, murderous things. I want to be loved from as many people as possible. But truth is, I'm not really a good person. So Pearl is, I say surprise sequel or prequel, I guess, because it's one of those... Um, yeah, it was, you know, it was the end credit scene of X, and I didn't expect it to actually have already been shot. It seemed like it was just something that they did, you know, as fun. Like, but, hey, if this succeeds, you know, there might yeah. be a Pearl sequel. And I, I heard there were, you know, there's a trilogy, spoiler alert, um, in the works to begin with. But yeah, go on. Yeah, it, yeah, it was just a, so yeah, it's about, the uh, evil old lady from X, and it goes back to obviously sometime in 1918. And uh, her husband is away at war, and she's left on the farm with her mom and her dad, who contracted some form of influenza and that's left, left him paralyzed and unable to communicate. And she's left to take care of him. And all she wants to do is be a star. And when she does that, uh, she goes to great lengths to become one. And you're right. It really is just um, a film where it it's like her, I don't know if evolution is the right word, but her descent into madness where you get little hints about it throughout the film. And um to see it play out, it's a really interesting film. And I, I was talking to Corinne earlier, and she doesn't think it's for her. But I mean, Brad, tell me if I'm wrong. It's more of a drama. Yeah, um, it's really like a character study of this. Uh, you know, if you know YouTube stars, like imagine like a YouTube star in like 1918 with no outlet. Um, for their hopes and dreams, you know, they they start out hinting that she's been like torturing and killing farm animals for a while, mm-hmm. and once the prospect of uh this uh dance line can take her away from the farm, she kind of accelerates, um, you know, her her madness. Uh, she gets more desperate. Uh, yeah, and then the when she goes to the, to the theater. And meets the projectionist, he only makes things worse because he encourages her to pursue this dream. And that just, you know, motivates her even even faster to 
kill her family and uh yeah she 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 does not handle rejection well at all yeah um and it also explores how her husband leaving her behind for war um screwed her up mm -hmm. because he was supposed to you know you know promised her big dreams of getting her away from the farm when they got married and then he got to go away but she got left behind because of the war so it felt like a betrayal and there's that great like i don't know 10 minute single take of her oh yeah where it never leaves her oh it's incredible talking about him yeah just pure acting and, uh yeah, yeah it's great. and not just her like what he did to her but her psychosis um because you you get a glimpse of it earlier uh like little like sprinkles throughout the film and then the last like 20 30 minutes of it it really becomes undone starting with the projectionist who comes to her house and all she wants to be is you know loved and he realizes something's wrong with her um at that moment and her um like meltdown in the barn yeah which is, she's at this know, point she's already killed her parents so she's trying to cover up she's trying to well let him... just her mom well her mom was even dead then um remember her oh, dad that's right yeah that's right her dad was just... introduced her to her dad um and that is like the catalyst because you know she says you know did i do something wrong and then her descent further screaming you know you know what did i do don't you lie to me and i mean i think um his kill scenes in this were staged really expertly i thought they were shot really well um you know the with the uh, projectionist uh where she grabs the pitchfork and it follows him and he looks and she's not there and the camera kind of swoops around and then she gets uh you know stabs him is i think really great um and i mean it's it's pretty brutal but then when she goes to uh, the audition and she kills her invalid father and things like that, it's just she further and further goes. And even uh, her sister-in-law, that Mitzi, who's being nice to her, um, and she has that long, 10-minute long monologue, maybe longer. I don't know. It's pretty impressive. Um, but when she follows her out of the house, I thought was shot really cool. Yeah. And then, yeah, it was pretty gruesome when she was chopping her up. But yeah, I, I, you know, I tried to tell Corinne because she doesn't like straight horror that this isn't, I mean, there's horrific things in it, but it's more of a character study about wanting something you can't have, but also being, I don't know, you're psychotic and the little catalyst because they also touched on the influenza and, you know, the pandemic which they played, you know, what happened to us two, three years ago, and we're still kind of going through and how it hurts people's uh, psyche. Um, yeah, just, just a really fascinating movie. I, I really love this movie. Yeah, it was also really gory, which I don't think Corinne will be able to put up with. So Yeah, but it's only gory for a little bit. <laughs> it's not like it's unrelenting. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I, I, you know, I didn't think X was terrible, but it just, it was just, you know, 
middle of the road for me. And yeah, I think Pearl is definitely a more interesting movie. Um, even though it's a little plot wise, it's just a little shallow, but, um, I'm interested to see what they do with Maxine because I don't understand the timeline at this point. Cause wasn't, uh, X set in the seventies set in 79. Yeah. So it's on the cusp. And this was 1918. So is Maxine still Pearl? I don't, or is this like no. a different person? No, Maxine's the Mia Goth character. Yeah. In X. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. So they're just carrying her off into Hollywood, supposedly, and it's going to have a more of an actual 80s aesthetic flair, and the VHS market is uh, supposed to be a little bit more prevalent in it. At least that's what that's what it indicates based off of the language of X because they talk about the home video market's going to make the porn industry boom and whatnot. So, so yeah, it'd be interesting. I, I already reading an interview with Ty West. It sounds like it might not be a horror slasher film. Um, we'll see. I'm always down to see what he makes. I think he's a really great filmmaker. Mm-hmm. And, even if you don't like what he made, I think he makes interesting films. Um, oh, absolutely. Even, even something like the house of the devil, which is a really slow burn, but it's really, really great. Um, that is interesting. And the innkeepers and um, I, I, yeah, the, I, sa- I, the, the sacrament is an underlooked and underappreciated one for me. It's uh, found footage. Jim Jones esque cult. Uh, I there's some shots in there that still linger in my head. What I think is really impressive too is Pearl cost one million dollars. Yeah, so did X. They both ran on single million dollar budgets, which is impressive. I mean, it's one of those things where you know you're asking those actors and everybody basically to work for scale. So, um, uh, but I. What has Mia Goth done? Does anybody else know? I don't know of her. I only know of her in these two films. Here she is last in uh, that. Uh, was it Emma? The new Emma? Oh, yeah. Something I wouldn't see. Um, what else? That's, yeah. That's all I can think of. I was just curious and because she's so good. You think she would um, be popping up in a lot of things. But what do I know? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Oh, yeah. She's in Suspiria, too. But yeah, I guess she's kind of young, though. Which, like, She's in her 20s. Yeah. Uh, High Life. Oh, yeah, she was in High Life. Um, Claire Denise film. I saw that in the theater. Uh, I thought that was a Phil Collins song. No, I mean, uh, I mean they're, Collins, they're, uh, Steve Winwood. Steve Winwood. <laughs> Thank you. It can be both things, you know. She's she's in that Cure for Wellness again. movie, which I keep being told is actually a good film to watch. So, oh yeah, I saw that. I wouldn't say it was good. Okay, well, and she's filing for divorce against Shia LaBeouf. So good for her. Uh, ah, okay. <laughs> Anywho, so yeah, Pearl, see it. This. Is the big news story of the week for movies. It's real news. All right, guys. Um, I believe we're seeing Clerks 3 next week, aren't we? 
Snoogans. Snoogans. Well, um, I think the big news story is something we've already kind of known, but Kevin Smith clarified it this week with an IndieWire interview in regards to the fate of Dogma. Um, in long, the long and short of it is, is that Weinstein is holding the film hostage. For which what? Which is $5 million, which from all reports is more than the movie's worth. Not, not, oh. not in terms of value of the film as a piece of art, but like in terms of numeric dollars, what they could make off of it from Blu-ray and streaming. Well, I already have the Blu-ray, so another reason why. Well, just saying. Not everybody uh, jumped on that gun. And looking at it on Amazon, I'm seeing that the Blu-ray is currently standing at 195 dollars. So it is has it that really. S- yep, has that same issue that we have with the Dawn of the Dead Blu-ray situation out here in the U.S. Take a look at it on the screen right here. Nobody else in the podcast can see it, but yeah, 195 dollars is the for the not that's not the cheapest option, but that is that it's like the high mark. So yeah, the Blu-ray DVD below it's only 20 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. But keep in oh, mind what that DVD. DVD. Yeah, keep in mind what that DVD looks like too. From another country. All region import. So well, I yeah. had that version in American, but I sold it. I, I have the two disc DVD version still to this day. So that'll never leave my sight. But yeah, I, I didn't jump on the Blu-ray in time. Um, but yeah, uh, did everybody else take a look at this here or should I break it down for the fine folks of real nerds? Take a look at what? The news story about this. I, I don't know what else to say about it, but okay. Okay. So it broke down essentially to Kevin found out more about where the fate of Dogma lies when he got a phone call from Weinstein two weeks before the story broke out. Hmm. Just a weird thing to hold on to. Weinstein called him to propose making Dogma (laughs) 2. And apparently John Gordon told him that the reason he called was because he was trying to find out who had spoken to the New York Times in regards to what Ronan Farrow broke in that article um and now uh uh, smith uh has found out now that he that weinstein is trying to sell the rights off to the film for five million dollars and that in claiming that kevin himself would be involved with the new release (laughs) so well weinstein's a liar that's no it's it's not so much we know he's a liar it's that he's pulling these shenanigans at this point it's like, give it the fuck up, dude. <laughs> it's like, I, 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 he, he basically said the phrase, I'll never work. I'll work on dogma anything as long as he has no more ties to it. Um, uh, because, and they don't want to give him the money because if they do, they're basically giving money to a terrible human being. So, yep. That's, that's, that's just shitty. I just like out of all the news that stuck out this week, it was, it was interesting to kind of hear the, you kind of figured that Weinstein or somebody still had dogma tied up in a bow, but like hearing the full details laid out was quite interesting. So other than that, not much else to report. Cool. Here's the one thing we recommend, or maybe we don't recommend, but is interesting. So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. What you got, Brad? 
Uh, uh, nothing. I guess. Hey, just a quick question, though. How many times have you seen the room at <laughs> the Mayan or wherever you see it? Uh, well, this year a lot, just because I've been like, you know, trying to support the theaters that I love as they come back, and I like going down there on weekends. Uh, mm-hmm. But in total, I don't know, seven or eight times. Is it still fun to watch that many times? It is because there's a lot of crowd participation and it's interesting to see, you know, when I first saw it, like 2012, just watching the stuff that people yell at the screen change over time. Um, mm. You know, I, I always thought there was like a set thing that, you know, people were like were required to do. And then as I've watched, you know, time change, like a lot of things have dropped off and people have added stuff. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, there's, there's this one point in the movie I was shocked because like I always forget this part, but this time the audience did is like Tommy looks at the bottom of the screen and usually like right before that happens, there's this long push in with the camera. And so everyone in the audience, like, well, not everyone, but most people will like run down to the bottom of the screen and start jumping up saying like, Hey, Tommy, Tommy, look over here, Tommy, Tommy. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, no one did it. And I was like, Oh man, that would have been like, I was in the front row. That was my best chance to do it. And I missed it. Um, yeah, people still throw the spoons. Um, I, I, people gotten like a lot meaner about, uh, what's her name? Juliet Danielle. Yeah. I don't, I've never seen it. I, I think you should see it. Like, and I only recommend you see it live. And, uh, now that it's at 10 o'clock, uh, it should yeah. be a lot easier for you. But, um, yeah, this time Tommy was, was there again. The last time I saw him was like 2019. He came out. He's, he's promoting his next film, which is called Big Shark. It's just a big CGI shark movie um, that looks terrible, but <laughs> a, lot, a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, he comes out with all his merch and stuff. Um, he sells his like belts and underwear and uh, DVDs. I bought the, I don't know if this is like a TV series or his web series, The Neighbors. So I'll watch mm. that eventually. But um, yeah, got to do a video with him in person. And um, he does a Q&A before. You know, they had... Uh, like it's he's still so popular they had to do two showings each night so they wow. added one upstairs each night and then they also rolled over into sunday so they did an extra screening on sunday so five screenings wow yeah so it's a fun time i think you should give it at least one i wouldn't recommend just like watching it home by yourself <laughs> like no I, that's i think why i haven't I, i'll try to pay attention the next time it's available and yeah it's just a Go baffling watch if you're by yourself, but if you see the audience, you know, there's like these long pans of San Francisco or the the Golden Gate Bridge. And it's just like, it takes a full two minutes for the camera to pan across it. And so people are just like, go, 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 go. <laughs> or, you know, there's a whole shot dedicated to him parking his car. So people are like, park that car, park that car. And then they cheer at the end, you know, stuff like that. Um, yeah. I, the only time I've seen it is the disaster artist. <laughs> Yeah, so that might be a, a cool way for you to like get some frame of reference for what was going on with that movie. Um, so yeah, that was kind of a big thing this week. And then yeah, I didn't really watch it. Like I finally watched True Lies because it's on Hulu right now. Nice in HD. Um, it's fine. <laughs> I know you guys love it, but uh, it didn't do anything for me. Like I, I, I think Schwarzenegger's character just like just unnecessarily mean for that first half. <laughs> Like the second half of the movie gets better, but the first half I'm just like, what is 
what is this movie? What what is it trying to accomplish? Just other than it feels like a really bad relationship. Um, and I watched The Mist. For it's first about time. everybody betraying them. <laughs> yeah. Mist Erasure. I watched Confess Fletch, but I don't know if there's anything interesting to say about that. I never Did watched you like it. Yeah. I found it hard to follow. Um, and I've never watched the Chevy Chase Fletch movies, so I have nothing to compare it to. But okay. I found all the characters charming, but I don't know if the mystery was that interesting. Hmm. I don't know. I heard it's good. Yeah. Pat Oswald liked it, and I, that's when I was like, oh my god, there's a Fletch movie coming out, because I'd completely forgotten that we're going to finally go through with this. Yeah, I had a, like a one-week theatrical run, so I tried to catch it there, but it's going to be on Hulu or something next, so oh, okay. you can Hold watch on. it then. Nice. Um, I, I was so excited, I thought I was going to have the theater myself, but like 20 minutes in the movie, some tall dude just snuck in and sat in the back. I was like, Ugh. I saw Pearl by myself. Nice. You're yeah. lucky. I saw it at the Alamo Westminster. <laughs> I saw it with a bunch of obnoxious hipsters that just oh, laughed at the sucks. whole thing. So that sucks, man. Because even when we saw uh, Friday 13th Part 3, the audience was really good. Yeah. And that's one of those films that I'm always worried about, you know, because it's an 80s slasher film. But I think it were... helped. It, I think it helped those at the Alamo too. Like I saw Pearl at the Mayan, and that just mm-hmm. had like hipsters walking off the street. Oh, of course. So lousy hipsters. They're all just chuckling at the, you know, whenever she lost her shit. There's like, oh my god, can you believe this girl? Yeah. <laughs> we wouldn't do that. <laughs> Zach, would you recommend or watch? Tell us about it. Oh, um, well, I'm going to go ahead and recommend Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power. <laughs> I started watching it. You um, would. Yeah, why not? Yeah. I like thing. I like things about people walking, Brad. <laughs> Dis- despite what Randall Graves says. Um, uh, yeah, it's, um, it's not what I was expecting. I kind of lived in a cloud of ignorance leading up to the series. And then when it finally popped down, I was like, I'll catch this at some point and, this week, I just sat down and watched the first two episodes. Um, it's coming after the uh, the Simulrelian, essentially, and we're gathering up towards the building of the rings that will bring forth all the madness that won 17 Oscars. Um, it's beautifully shot. I can see exactly where, where $1 billion went into making this series. Really? Um, it's fin- Yep, for a five-season order. Yeah, so we're know. getting it no matter what. $200 million dollars a season. Yep. I guess it doesn't really matter to you when you're Jeff Bezos, you know? No, it doesn't. And uh, believe me, I, I feel conflicted watching a series that is giving me a lot of joy being provided by an asshole I cannot stand. Well, but, I mean, he's a jerk, but he's not like, you know. So, so far as we know, he's not a Weinstein-esque jerk. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's levels of assholes. and Yeah, it's like Michael Eisner. I could deal with Michael Eisner, even though Michael Eisner is an asshole. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, um, it, um, it's kind of like splitting amongst stories. Um, we're we're kind of seeing from different perspectives. So you've got a story of Galadriel, played by originally by Kate Blanchett. The new actress is playing her now, and it's about her coming from Valinor, the Great Havens, over to Middle-earth to fight in the big war with Morgoth, and then Oh, thousands of years later, she's still searching for Sauron, Morgoth's right hand man, and um, 
she's not finding anything, but then she finds clues and her elf buddies are like, yo, we've been here for far too fucking long. We want to go home. And she's like, no, I've got to avenge my brother and shit. And, um, and meanwhile, we're dealing with a, a, a clan of hobbits, uh, called the Harfoots. Um, and they, uh, the, the big happening that goes on with them is they, that in the end of the first episode, uh, a comet of sorts crashes into their land and it's actually a man. Uh, we don't know who he is. I have my ideas and my thoughts. Um, but also I, I've learned with television shows and fan culture to not expect anything at this point anymore because I don't like it's it's Mephisto. (laughs) It's an MCU crossover movie, Ryan. Congratulations. You got everything you ever wanted. (laughs) Um, It's it's stunning. Um, Bear McCrary, who's been doing a lot of music for stuff I like lately, like um, Godzilla King of the Monsters. And he did um, he did the soundtrack for the Child's Play remake, which was actually really good music. Uh, He does the theme for Walking Dead. I think it's one of the best themes on TV. Dude, he's fucking dope. He he's emulating Howard Shore so brilliantly while keeping it his own. Like, it's a good, delicate balance. Uh, And it's funny, like the, the show does look like peter jackson's films but then there are slight things they do to differentiate themselves so i think that they're they're towing a line of not wanting to lose the visual scheme of what made those films so remarkable but they also at the same time because of legal reasons that have to adhere to their own version of things so it's 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 a delicate high wire balance and i'm sure that at the end of the day, they'll find a way to integrate those movies at a certain point because they have to. But it, it just makes sense. But um, uh, in the meantime, what we have right now is kind of like a really cool, unfettered version of Middle Earth that I would. I'm gonna. I'm not a Tolkien expert, but I feel like it's removed from judgment based on the books because at this point we're dealing with an amalgamation of ideas from Lord of the Rings, the appendices and other works by Tolkien to create this story. So I'm kind of hoping it gets taken on its own merit and that we don't have a lot of people decrying it because of it, not following the books or God forbid being racist on the internet, which it seems like both those things have happened anyway. Um, but I recommend it. If you've got Amazon prime and you want to watch what a hundred, what, what one, not a hundred billion, what $1 billion buys you as a TV series I think it's worth a watch and it's got a, it's got a good heart to it. So I'm actually appreciating going back to middle earth under these auspices. Um, cool. and then, uh, also rewatch Shadow of the vampire because shadow of the vampire is fucking cool. Nice. Yeah. Um, this week I read action comics. Number one, um, I was able to find $5 million and purchase it. You could have bought and, fucking dog, but you damn it. <laughs> and when I did, I just threw it in the fire afterwards. It's like, yeah, fuck it. Who cares? Um, <laughs> DC released a, a, faci- a facsimile of it a couple weeks ago, and I finally got around to reading it. And it's uh, fun for a comic from 1939. So if you have $6 and you want to see an accurate reprint of Action Comics number one, I recommend it. Did you uh, as, did you read it out loud in the house like a 1930s announcer? Uh, of course. I mean, it ends on a cliffhanger that I'll never be able to read. Uh, <laughs> Superman jumps from a building to reach the Capitol with a dude on it who's a bad lobbyist. Uh-huh. And I don't know if he's going to make it. <laughs> I mean, Ryan, 
If we know anything about Superman, it's a pretty ambiguous story. There's no real ending. Like, nobody ever really triumphs. It's all about, like, the consequences of the human soul. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it was fun. Like, because uh, I also got, hey, Brad, have you ever read Batman's first appearance? Yeah. It's not that great. <laughs> well, it's part of Detective Comics, so it's, like... I don't know. It's maybe a page or two of the whole Yeah, I think whole book. I think it's like five or six pages. You're right. But yeah. I always like Superman. I'm reading it. And I'm not even the, a big Superman fan. But when I read it, I can say, okay, I can see why people would read it and want to continue reading his adventures. I, I didn't get that feeling from Batman. And that Batman is arguably the most popular superhero right now. I, It's just, I don't know. I literally read a study that said Spider-Man was the most popular superhero. Yeah, because he is. I, I just said arguably because I didn't want mm. you to feel bad about Spider-Man being the best. Thank you. Um, but yeah, the you know people were easier to please back then. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess that's right. I mean, I guess you read it and you're like, okay, that was fun. And that's probably why they're so expensive too is because people are like, okay, I read it. It was fun. And then they probably did throw them in their fire. <laughs> yeah, I, I I agree. But uh, that would explain the popularity of Gone with the Wind. People were far too easy to please. Oh, no, I, I I think Gone with the Wind has some merit. Um, I, meant the, I meant the book. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, but movie wise, I uh, I watched Werewolves Within, and I fucking love this movie. Um, it's based on a Ubisoft game that has nothing to do with the film. Uh, in the film. Uh, Sam Richardson plays a wildlife ranger who is stationed in this uh, town. And when he gets there, there's a murder afoot. And as they're trying to figure it out, everybody's a suspect. And it slowly reveals that there might be a werewolf amongst them. Um, But is there or is it just someone who's crazy? I mean, we'll never know unless you watch the movie. Um, but yeah, I think the performances were really good. I thought it was really funny. Um, it, it, they had some interesting choices where they never really showed any gore. Um, a lot of it happened off screen. And then when you saw it, it'd be like... Um, on the bottom part of the screen. I don't know if that makes sense. So like you would see, I don't know, like a ripped up corpse, but you'd only see like blurry outlines of, you know, a ripped open rib cage or something. Um, but the dialogue's really funny. The cast is really funny. Um, I had a good time with this. I know Brad, you really didn't like it that much when you saw it. Yeah. It's probably like two or years ago now. I saw, I don't remember a lot of, about it other than like i was like yeah it's all right yeah i mean i just enjoyed it it was fun i I like sam richardson a lot he's on veep and uh in a couple other things and uh i I just like his kind of brand of humor i guess um and i I always forget her name but she's the lady on the at&t commercials um i'll say milan millennia something like that uh but she's great um, she's a stand-up comedian, and she holds her and she holds her only with uh, Sam Richardson, who's also a comedian and is really funny in it. So, yeah, I, I don't think I had a problem with any of the people. It's just the 
the story and the execution of it, I think was lacking for me, but yeah, I, you know, (laughs) I mean, I guess whatever, um, the werewolf, I won't say who the werewolf is, but I always liked my werewolves, like looking like wolves, if that makes sense. Um, there's a lot of werewolf movies where they just exaggerate features on people. And that's what the werewolf looked like in this one where I'd rather have, you know, the howling werewolf or silver bullet werewolf, um, where it's like a werewolf that walks on its hind legs and is like cool looking or dog soldiers or something like that. Um, so yeah, but I still recommend the film because the film is really fun and, definitely worth a watch i don't know if you can stream it anywhere i uh waited a really long time to watch it and it paid off because it dropped to like six bucks on amazon so which is good because there's absolutely no special features on it (laughs) they don't even have a trailer and that's been driving me crazy lately because you know now uh, youtube gets rid of a lot of trailers and are they being like marked um, no, I think they just keep on, I don't know, they get rid of stuff all the time. Even, um, music videos that I used to like to watch, sometimes they don't, they're not on there anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, well, if they're posted by I, fans, then yeah, they're cracking down on people sh- sharing their content, which baffles me because like you're getting free advertising, dude. I know. Yeah. And you're I mean, just pissing off the people who enjoy your stuff. You know, that was always going to be my argument when we got flagged on Spotify. I mean, technically, we have a uh, an account with um, the ability to get trailers and market stuff. So, just saying. Yeah. Uh, it's Whatever. Whatever. Yep. It's I don't know on YouTube, so I don't make the rules. Yep. Lousy Google. Anywho, that's what I watched this week. Um, next week, we are going back to the quick stop as Clerks 3 is our film of the week. Mm-hmm. And um, we'll be discussing the latest from View Askew. Yeah. Should we snooch to the nooch, as it were? No, I think we're just chasing Amy. No, that's a lot of dogma. You're such a mall rat, Peter. I mean, Ryan. <laughs> Get confused by the name on Zoom. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I got to be careful. <laughs> Sometimes I have to go on Zoom for meetings and I got to make sure that I don't log in under me because people are like, who the hell is Peter Parker and why is there a Spider-Man playing seductively on <laughs> railroad tracks? <laughs> Just, or maybe I want to do that. You know what? I'm I'm gonna say it's risky and the job market, but the job market is great, Ryan. You can get new work. So I'm just saying, take a chance. Cool. Well, not sure if we're gonna get anything from the other nerds. If they do, you're gonna hear them after I'm done talking. Brad, Zach, thanks for joining us. Of course. And. Oh, hey. I'll see you at the movie. What's up? If this drops in time, uh, come see uh, Salmonago Loco again uh, this Sunday at the Bug Theater at 6 p.m. Oh, that's right. It's the best of. Yep. Nice. Dude. How did how did it play the first night, Brad? 
Uh, people laughed a lot more than I thought. So that's probably a good hey, sign, that's a right? Good sign. Good sign. So I like to hear. Cool. See you at the movies. Bye. Bye. Well, a real nerd knows who shot a real nerd. Can follow the plot and a real nerd. Look at all the gods. What's going on? Real Thanks for listening to Real Nerds Podcast, a Nebulous Visions production. Stream or download episodes, read articles at realnerdspodcast.com. Stream us on Apple or Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or iHeartRadio. Follow us on Facebook, Real Nerds Podcast. Twitter and Instagram, at Real Nerds. Watch us on YouTube, Real Nerds Podcast. Email us at realnerds at gmail.com. Call us at 720-6Nerds5. Thank you to Sparks Mandrill, Mike at Plan 9 Studios, and Bolognium for all of our groovy theme songs. And that's how you fucking do it.